You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. to Genoa and uh, the, the JR and Cheryl both uh, for a number of years, pretty much since we've been here, which is uh, getting pretty close to 20 years, but uh, for, for, you know, we know the Ruck, many of you know the Ruckmans, and so Cheryl and Angie Ruckman are sisters. Uh, so there's that. Therefore, Brother Ruckman and JR are brother-in-laws. It's funny how that works. Uh, but, uh, but no, it's, it's cool, though, because I actually... Uh, then going back even further, I, I know both of their dads uh, as well, but, uh, but I knew J.R.'s dad uh, and mom uh, going back to, uh, you know, back right not long after I got saved by the grace of God. I uh, met uh, J.R.'s uh, mom and dad, uh, and his mom just is a godly, godly Christian. And I ought to just, you know, she'd be the best one to give the testimony, but man, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe she was the first one in the family to get saved. Uh, and uh, Ronnie, uh, the dad, was not saved. The, the boys weren't saved. They were just punks, if I remember right. I know Philip was. I don't know about Jr. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, but mom, mom just prayed and prayed. And the, the, the story that sticks out in my mind uh, is that she would uh, grab the shoes. And I don't know if this was a Jr. and Philip both, but she would go and she would pray over their shoes and say, praying over the boys that are going to put these shoes on them, praying God will save them. And, uh, but it was through that uh, faithful wife and mother's prayers that uh, J.R.'s dad got saved and became a preacher, and then uh, the, both of her boys became preachers. And uh, J.R. just got back from Greenland, and so cool testimony, great godly mom, and boy, uh, Cheryl's got a testimony, some godly parents and family as well, so we're thankful for that. Uh, just great, great testimony. When I think of good testimonies, I share this a lot with people, but uh, a lot of times people think, you know, sometimes people will call, they'll say someone has a good testimony when they talk about all the sinful living they were doing and, you know, killing people and dealing drugs and spending time in prison, but God saved them. And I want to say that's a great testimony that God saves people out of that type of thing. Uh, but I think the, the, the best testimony, the testimony that I want my kids to have is, uh, you know, the testimony that some of these kids will be able to have, and that is that, you know what, my testimony is I was raised in a Christian home. I can't ever remember a time to where we didn't go to church. Uh, church wasn't an optional thing. We knew where we were going. Uh, you know, the ones that teased that they had a drug problem. They were drugged to church Sunday morning, drugged to church Sunday night, drugged to church Wednesday night, drugged to church for revival and work days and everything else in church their whole lives. Uh, heard the gospel at an early age, never, uh, never smoked a cigarette, never drank a drop of alcohol, uh, got saved by the grace of God. Uh, that's a great testimony, amen, isn't it? Uh, now, that, that's not the kind that gets too many people excited, but it sure does get me excited. Um, and uh, so anyway, the Lord's good. Amen, amen that's right. Uh, but so, and it is a miracle, absolutely it is. All right, so we're going to be uh, back studying in the Bible about the Bible today. Um, and uh, man, I, I told you I was, as I was studying the message in Colossians is when the Lord directed me and I started 
getting on this to where, again, I was just going to, in Colossians, I was just going to mention something as part of a Wednesday night message. But as I begin to dig and study and, and learn more and think a little bit more about the importance of the Word of God and studying the Word of God, knowing the Word of God, uh, I felt directed to not only preach a whole message about it a couple of Wednesdays ago, but also to, to bring it over into Sunday school. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so uh, I think I'd like to begin. We're going to be looking in Psalm 119 some again today. We're going to be turning around a few different places. But I'd like to begin by reading Luke 24, verse 45, because, man, the power of the Word of God. We talked about, we, we started this whole thing about trying to encourage ourselves to get an appreciation for the Word of God. Uh, as a preacher, as a Christian, one of the things I spend so much time doing is trying to get people to read their Bibles, to study their Bibles. Uh, but if people don't appreciate the value of doing that, because some people can think, okay, so what? I'm a Christian now, so I guess I'm just supposed to read and study my Bible. Uh, no, thank you. You know, it's, I, I'm fine. it's not that interesting to me. I'm not understanding it. Uh, I get enough when I come to church, whatever the case may be. You know, I listen to Christian radio. And that's all well and good. But the, the, the fact of the matter is, is what's the problem with that is, is if you think that way, you don't appreciate the value of the Word of God. You don't appreciate the value of how God can tra transform and change your life. And if you're saved, you can appreciate it at least in the sense of what God's done in your life. But what you may not appreciate is the man that God's Word can make you and the woman that God's Word can make you. I mean, uh, how, and, and we've spent a couple weeks talking about the value, and we could go on and on, but I'm not going to do that, but just uh, what the Bible says about how that we can have successful marriages. We can be successful people. We can, we can be wise with our finances if we study the Word of God. Uh, we can have assurance of salvation. We can have peace. We can have joy. We can have all these things that money just cannot buy. We can be wise. We can be wise individuals. We can walk as wise men and women. And for me to be able to walk as a wise man is an amazing thing because I'm a simple man, uh, a very simple person, simple-minded. But God's Word gives me wisdom. And I can walk in wisdom. I can walk as a wise man because of God's Word. So, appreciating the value of God's Word, but that's, that's one of the things that we've been looking at. But then last week... Uh, we started looking a little bit about assimilating the Word of God, about uh, uh, assimilating the virtue of God's Word. You know, we were talking about, of course, out of uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Anybody know what Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says? For the Word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged uh, sword. Amen. The Word of God is quick. And what that word quick in that sense does not mean like fast. Uh, the way we think of fast or quick, but it means alive. The Bible's alive. The Word of God is living. Jesus said in John 6, 63, He said, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. These words, the words of Almighty God. So since it's a living book, we can... We, we need to learn how to get its virtue as, into our lives, its living power, assimilating it into our lives. We, close, we were closing with an illustration last week about a cookbook. And I was asking how many of you just read cookbooks, and there was actually a couple hands went up, which amazes me. Uh, 
But it, wouldn't it be something if that's all you ever did? If, if you had a cookbook, what if you memorized your cookbook? And by the way, I, I, there's a couple very small recipes that I've memorized uh, that, you know, things my mom would bake or something like that that I like to bake. I don't need, uh, I don't need the directions anymore. I've memorized them. But so it's good that I read them. I read the instructions. I actually memorized them. But guess what else I did? I put them into practice. I put them into practice. And it's one thing to know what the cookbook says. It's another thing to be able to recite the cookbook. But if you're not making any food, man, we're getting hungry, aren't we? Um, Assimilating its virtue, its its life-giving power into our lives. And I'll just stay on that subject for a cookbook and food just for a moment. Can you imagine, you know, as a pastor, I... Uh, visit the sick and so forth, but you can, can you imagine maybe going on a visit with me and visiting a person who isn't well, and uh, we're trying to figure out what's wrong with them, and they're losing a ton of weight, they have no energy whatsoever, uh, they're just, uh, just, in a, just in a terrible, terrible shape, and we're trying to figure out what's going on, and then, then eventually it says, well, what have you been eating? Oh, well, uh, and what if they say, well, there's this uh, little restaurant on uh, on Sundays, you know, if it's not raining, we'll go to this restaurant and I'll eat a little something there on Sunday mornings. And every once in a while, I'll, uh, I'll ride back by that other restaurant on Wednesday night and I'll eat there as well. Well, what else have you been eating? Well, that's it. That's about it, preacher. And I don't know what's wrong with me. I mean, I'm going to those restaurants pretty regularly and eating. But I'm still not well. I'm st- I still don't have strength. I still don't have vitality. I don't have life. Uh, and you should see the point that I'm making. That's how, if we're not careful as Christians, we treat the Word of God. And then, and I'm telling you, you will be just as anemic. You'll be just as weak. You'll be just as sick spiritually if you aren't getting into the life-giving power of the Word of God and assimilating it into your life. Not only hearing it, hearing, I'm telling you, listen, Reading the Word of God seriously will change your life. I mean, it ought to have a warning label on it. I think about that because God spoke, and He spoke the universe into existence. All that there is. And and with what He spoke, it consists. It's amazing. The Word of God has power. Read it. Read it. It has power just reading it. Uh, But I'm telling you, when you begin to just not only read it to say, okay, I'm checking that uh, uh, box off, but you assimilate it into your life. And I want to try to get in just a moment on how we can assimilate it into our lives. But if you'll just allow me perhaps another illustration or two. Uh, you know, I, I don't know when the whole diet fad craze began. I imagine sometime in the 20th century, uh, maybe, maybe uh, I guess it probably goes back before that. But you remember, I mean, but it's, it's gone crazy like in my, uh, in my adult life. You know, there's the Atkins diet, and there's the South Beach diet, and there's the this diet, and the other diet, and the, uh, I mean, all these different diets, and all these different books, and all these different plans for losing weight. And if, and by, you don't, I don't have to have a show of hands. Anybody ever got on these fad diets? I'm going to try this one. I'm going to try that one. I'm going to try the next one. Uh, and, you know, for one thing, you know, I think the, one of the biggest things that we learn is that one of the, the, the best things to do if we're going to be healthy is just to change our lifestyle, not just say, okay, I'm going to try a fad diet for the next, you know, how many ever weeks or whatever the case may be. But the point is just simply this. There's people that can tell you 
what this diet is up and down, how it works. They know the books, they know everything about it, but they, they know the exercises that'll help, that, that are good for the heart, good for the lungs. And therefore, they're really fit people. They're in great shape because they know what the diets are and what the exercises are that we ought to do. Now, is that really the way it works? No, it doesn't work that way. Knowing it doesn't do any good. I mean, knowing it is helpful, that's a good start. But are you putting it in that practice in your life? Um, and I am not at this moment getting on you about uh, diet and exercise. But I will tell you, there's a close friend of mine that had uh, lost quite a bit of weight uh, some years ago. And uh, this friend of mine, they would ask her, they would say, people would ask her on a regular basis because people knew her when she had, was a little heavier, she had lost the weight. So when they'd see it, they'd say, wow, how, what did you do to lose the weight? And I don't know if anybody has ever lost weight and had somebody ask them that question. What did you do to lose the weight? And the answer was just simply, well, uh, I started eating better. I quit eating this. I started eating that. I changed my, I didn't get necessarily on a diet, but I changed my diet. Uh, I started, I started walking. I started walking, um, you know, several, uh, two, two, three miles a day or whatever it was. And it would be funny, time after time, when women would ask my friend this question, I would, I would see them be like, oh, I've tried that already. <laughs> you know what they're wanting, don't you? What? Th th everybody's wanting some little quick fix, you know? And, uh, and, and does anybody, anybody else like this, by the way, I'm this way, I'm this way. Anybody else like this to where uh, you decide that you're going to get in shape? Man, you know you need to cut a couple pounds. Maybe you need to cut a lot of... But you, you, you decide that, man, you know what? It's time for me to get in shape. So, man, you, you just get real determined. And so come Monday, man, you just uh, you get up and you eat a healthy breakfast. You skip a snack or two. You eat a healthy lunch. Maybe sometime in the afternoon you decide to go do some exercise. And then you eat a healthy meal at night. That's a tough day, man. So then you get on the scales the next morning. And you hadn't lost any weight. And so you do like just like you've been doing for the, the rest of the week. But come next Monday again, you decide, okay, I'm going to do it. Anybody ever do that? Anybody ever? You know, we got these cheat days, man. I, what I've struggled with is those cheat days because what I end up doing is I have like about five or six cheat days. But here's the, here's the ridiculous thing about us. We get, we, get we, get, we get this indignation and we'll say, this diet and exercise stuff don't work. You know, I, I mean, this month I've, I've committed at least four or five days to doing it right. And I'm not looking any different. I'm not feeling any better. Uh, and I say all that because it illustrates the ridiculousness of this. But I'm telling you, we're often that way when it comes to the Word of God. Folks, we need to know it. We need to get in there. We need to grow. We need to learn. I mean, man, start putting it into practice. You know, you know what can be a challenge? Maybe especially if you either, you were, either you've been saved later in life or maybe you just started trying to get into the Word of God later in life as an adult. A lot of times it can be challenging because you don't know it. And maybe you're a man and you almost feel embarrassed that you don't know it real good. And you're coming to church and you're reading it, but you don't really understand it all that much. 
Uh, or, you know, same thing for a woman. And so it's just almost like with the diet and weight loss. Well, I can't get that. That's too hard. I've tried it. I'm still, you know, we can get these same uh, defeatist attitudes. Okay, so I'm going to give you a few, few ways. Are you ready? A few ways that we can assimilate the vitality, the life-giving power of the Word of God into our lives. Number one is to pray. Pray. Amen? Pray. Ask God to be your teacher. Remember the verse that we started with? Jesus is walking with those disciples on the road to Emmaus. And the Bible says that Jesus opened their eyes and and He expounded unto them all the things in the Scriptures concerning themselves. And you know what they said later? Did not our hearts burn within us? See, I'm so glad today that the Holy Spirit of God is my teacher. Because I'm telling you right now, I need a pretty patient teacher. I really do. And I need a really wise teacher. And I need a teacher that knows me. Let God be your teacher. Psalm 119 verse 12, and that's where we've been taking much of our text, and we'll take some more out of there this morning. Psalm 119 verse number 12, the Bible says, Behold, uh, I'm sorry, blessed art thou, O Lord, here's the prayer, teach me thy statutes. Teach me thy statutes. Have you ever prayed this prayer in some form or another? God, will you be my teacher? I'm having a hard time understanding this, Lord. Will you be my teacher? Um, And when you pray, pray over the Word of God and ask the Lord to teach you. When you pray, there are several things that will happen. Several things that will happen. Number one, notice in verse 18 of Psalm 119. The Bible says, Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. That is a prayer to pray every time before you open the word of God. Lord, open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. God, open my eyes. See, you you may have 20-20 vision, but God must open our eyes for us to be able to behold the wondrous things in his word. I want to tell you something about the Bible. The the, the problem with the Bible is not uh, the way it is written. You know, people get upset about the King James and they say, well, I can't understand the the these and the thous. I promise you the these and the thous aren't the problem. They really aren't. Uh, I'm not saying there's not some challenging words and phrasing uh, in the King James Bible. I would not dare say that because there is. But I'm just simply saying that the the greatest problem is is that the Bible is a spiritual book. And we really need the Holy Spirit of God to be our teacher when it comes to being in the Word of God. We need the Holy Spirit of God. We may have 20-20 vision, but only God can give us 20-20 vision in His Word. Uh, I don't, man, I'm telling you, the times I've just had to pray and say, God, help understand this i've shared with you i've shared with you during the course of this series my my struggles learning uh you know as a child and so forth my struggles reading especially how that i just have just had the hardest time uh staying connected to the page before me when i read i mean like uh you know literally uh with without god's help just from a natural standpoint I could barely start a chapter of the Bible, which chapters of the Bible are pretty small, aren't they, compared to like a chapter of a book or something? 
I could barely read a chapter of the Bible without my mind wandering off somewhere else. I mean, I mean just, just the toughest time ever. So I just have to pray, and sometimes I therefore I go back and read it again. And so I just have a hard time. But then I just say, God, will you open up my eyes? Show me something. Give me something in here, Lord. I'm getting in here again. And I'm telling you something about praying. When I pray and open the Bible, now I'm looking and I'm praying and I'm asking God to show me something. There's an interactive uh, element to this opening up the Word of God. Folks, if you want to assimilate the vitality, the life-giving power I mean, if you want to go from just knowing the recipe to getting something cooking in your life, if you want to go just from knowing how to get spiritually strong, knowing how to be a godly man, a godly woman, uh, you know, whatever the case may be, if you want to know from, go from knowing, how to, uh, knowing what it means to learning how to live it, pray, pray. God, open my eyes. I'm telling you, pray, and God will help you. So, number one, if you pray, your eyes will be opened. Number two, your understanding will be increased. I've already shared the, the passage there out of Luke 24, 45. Think about that. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. <laughs> That's wonderful, isn't it? When you ask Him, God will do that for you. Ask Him to increase your understanding. And by the way, can I get a witness there? Isn't it awesome? Haven't you had that experience in your life? And you may be sitting there saying, Preacher, no, I really haven't. But if you haven't, I want to encourage you. Pray. If you pray, if you, number one, get in the Word of God and commit to getting in there, and then pray, I'm telling you, God will increase your vision, and God will also, He will, uh, he will, he will open your eyes, He will increase your understanding. Uh, and that's an awesome thing. But just take the time. Hey, don't be too proud to ask questions. You know one of the ways that, and I'm, man, listen, I've got a lot to learn about the Word of God. I really do. I've got a lot in the Bible I'm still needing to learn. Um, but one of the things I've learned, what I've learned, is I've never been too shy or embarrassed to ask questions. Never. I've never, I mean, uh, I, was, I, I, I was almost intentionally annoying when I first got saved especially. There was two or three guys at church that I asked question after question after question. And I would try to think of some questions before I got to church because those guys knew more than me. And I'm not talking about asking silly. I mean, I was really asking Bible questions most of the time. I'm sure I asked some silly ones along the way. Um, but I wasn't interested in, but I was, I, I'd ask questions. You know, one of the cooler things for me, I, I love it when I get around preachers and pastors. Uh, Phil Spencer was a uh, I say was, I just haven't talked to him in a, in a little while now, but, but he's a good example of this. Phil Spencer, I mean, uh, he, he preaching a whole lot longer than me. I mean, he was uh, pastoring Eastside Baptist Church before I was saved, and probably when I was just a little kid, I'm pretty sure. Um, but I would just love, I'd just get a call out of the blue from Phil Spencer. And he would call me, he said, hey brother, I'm studying, um, you know, 1 Kings chapter number 18. And I got over here to this passage, what do you think that means? What do you think that means? What's that talking about there? Uh, and that would just be the coolest thing ever for me. You know why? Because he, wasn't, he didn't want to think, well, I don't want to call Jesse for a number of reasons and ask him a question uh, because, uh, you know, what, what number, if, if for nothing else, what if he thinks, man, well, Brother Spencer ought to know this. Why is he asking this? He ought to know it all already. But I appreciate Brother Spencer and I appreciate guys with a heart like that that are just willing to ask, what in the world does this mean? I don't understand it. I do not understand it. 
See, learning the Bible is just that. It's learning. It's not just knowing, it's learning. So if you will pray, a couple things will happen. Number one, your eyes will be open. Your understanding will be increased. Number three, your heart will be stirred. Notice what the Bible says in verse 36 of Psalm 119. Incline my heart unto thy testimonies and not to covetousness. That's verse 36, Psalm 119. Incline my heart. Have you ever struggled as a child of God? Now, you ain't got to admit this, but have you ever struggled with having a desire to read the Bible? Well, I have. I hate to admit it, but I have. Uh, I, but w- w- if, if you're that way, if you don't have a desire for the Word of God, you need to ask, Oh, God, it please incline my heart. Move my heart. Open my eyes. Stir my heart. If you don't have a heart stirred for God's Word, ask God to stir your heart for His Word. Ask God to remind you of the impact that God's Word has made in your life in previous times. And say, okay, Lord, I'm, uh, I'm going to acknowledge it right now. God, I'm just, you know, for, for, for many of us, you know, we're on the Bible program. And for those that just recently joined the app and we had not got together, I need to sit with you, Danny, and actually see what's your profile. There's a million Danny Gardeners. And anyway, I couldn't. Anyway, we get on this Bible app together. It's a fun thing to do. Uh, a lot of days. Uh, but the, just the point I'm simply trying to make is that if we're not careful on that one, we can just maybe hit play. And, and I think it's a great thing to just have the Word of God on. I really do. I think it's a good thing to have the Word of God in the background sometimes. But if all we have is just the Bible playing in the background as we do whatever else we do, uh, I don't know. There's, there, we're, we're missing something there. You know, because obviously our attention is more, di- more, more directed towards something else that's more important to us at that time than the Bible. So, but if we're not careful, we can just start doing that. Uh, we, you know, has any, have, you, have any of you ever got out of the Bible altogether? I'm asking you these questions. Uh, fact of the matter is, many, if not most people, have at some point or the other. But let me ask you this. Uh, at, the, at the risk of sounding like a, a, a fake a psychologist, how's that working for you? How's that working for you? You know, you get out of the Word, and it's like you, you look at what God's Word was doing in your life. Because remember this, we talked about this on Wednesday, but in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, the Bible says, Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in, to your heart, in your heart unto the Lord. But then we also talked about Colossians, where the Bible says that the Word of God, Word of Christ, and you may have to help me with this, and the Word of Christ may uh, dwell in you richly. And it goes on to say, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, basically. In other words, the Spirit of God and the Word of God work so in sync that they virtually have the same effect. The Spirit of God works through the Word of God and vice versa. <laughs> so... The way the vitality, we can assimilate the vitality of God's Word, we pray, and if we will pray, our eyes will be opened, our understanding will be increased, our heart will be stirred, and lastly, on uh, this thing about what will happen if you pray, uh, your mind will be enlightened. Your mind will be enlightened. Turn over with me, please, to verse number 73 of Psalm 119. Verse number 73 of Psalm 119. 
The Bible says, Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. So when your eyes are opened, your heart is stirred, your mind will be enlightened. Your mind will be enlightened. You know, I've shared this before, especially throughout the course of this series. But man, you honestly, uh, thank God for people that have been blessed with an extremely high IQ that can, you know, navigate the Word of God in a specific way. Um, So when I say this, I'm not taken away from that. But I just simply want to say, I'm glad that since the Bible is a spiritual book, you can be dumb as a box of rocks. But if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit of God living on the inside of you. You can open up the Word of God and you can increase in learning. Amen. You're my amen. And, and your mind can be enlightened. And you can know the Word of God. Uh, and it's kind of good for us dumb people because it helps us sound smart sometimes. Uh, except when we talk too much. Amen. The Bible says a fool is known by his much speaking. Um, but... Uh, And then the Bible says that he even, yeah, that's right, a fool is known by his much speaking. And the Bible also goes on to say that even a a fool is counted as a wise man when he holds his words. Uh, Amen or old me? Uh, You ever known that? There's people that are just quiet and people think, that's the smartest person I've ever met. They're not smart, they just don't talk. Uh, but what the rest of what some of us do is we open up our mouths and we advertise our ignorance, and then there's no doubt left. Amen. And people know, oh, okay, never mind. That uh, uh, but uh, a fool is known by his much speaking. And I, I was I was talking about this in our Bible app conversation because we were just going through the Proverbs, talking about some of these uh, verses about uh, the the tongue and talking and so forth. And I was talking about how that God and my wife um, has helped teach me a lot of lessons about. My mouth. Uh, <laughs> I'm still learning. Can you get that? I'm still learning. Uh, but believe it or not, I've come a long ways. I've learned to bite my tongue uh, a whole lot more than I used to. Um, but just the, the thing I'm just simply trying to say is this. I'm so glad that your mind will be enlightened. Uh, give me understanding is the prayer that I may learn thy commandments. You know, let me encourage you with something here. This... Maybe gets ahead of myself just a moment, then I'll, this will be me finishing up the point on, on praying as one of the ways to assimilate the Word of God into your life. And I may uh, allow for a clarification or a question here uh, after that. But I just want to say this. Are, or maybe I'll just start by asking this question. Are you interested? Are you interested in assimilating the vitality of, the life-giving power of the Word of God into your life. Are you interested at all in that? How, would, you, would you like to have the power, the power of Almighty God, His Word working in your life, transforming you, taking you next level, removing all these lame excuses we have about our tempers, about our sinful worry, about our unforgiveness, about our shortcomings, about our uh, lack of self, that we could, would you be interested in being able to just eliminate all these poor-mouthing excuses and just start living a victorious Christian life? 
Be a man for God. Be a woman that stands for God. Have some control in your life, for goodness sakes. If if you're interested at all in that, please listen. Because I'm telling you what you need to do. And what I need to do. We need to pray. But what I've given you this morning is some things to pray. Now, we don't believe in praying vain repetition. You know, we don't... uh, we're not like, and by the way, being, being from the, the area of the country I'm from, there's, uh, the number of Catholics and Protestants is, uh, is, is a fairly low percentage, especially as compared to up here. So this whole reciting prayers and reading prayers business is something that I don't know if I'd ever actually seen until I moved to South Dakota and when I was in Pierre and I was a chaplain at the hospital and when I was training to be the chaplain... Uh, we would, uh, the, the lady that was showing me around, yeah, uh, the lady that was showing me around, saw a whole lot more of that when I got here too, the chaplain woman, uh, she took me and one of the things that we did is we would pray, we'd pray in the mornings and we'd pray in the evenings, um, there over the, you know, intercom. And uh, so she got there and she said, yeah, so he, we prayed, and she said, here's a book so you can pray over the intercom in the mornings and the evenings. I like this one, and, and here's a good one for morning prayers, and over here in the back's a good one for evening prayers, and I'm like, and then she prayed. And yeah, has anybody else been in that awkward situation? Like, do I bow my head right now? This person's just reading. I generally don't bow my head when people read, uh, right? I mean, I'm just like, okay, like, what's, it was just awkward. Uh, so I'm saying all that to say that we, ain't, that we don't go that route, right? We pray, we talk to God, He's our Father. However, did you know that each thing I read to you is a legitimate prayer out of the Word of God that you can assimilate into your life? Here's where I'm getting at. You know what you need to be doing probably, and I need to be doing? I'm not good about it either. Writing these down. Making a note of it on, in the notes in your phone. If we're really interested in assimilating, because then we'll know, okay, what verse is that? You know, which one was that? Okay, um, I've got, I want to ask you to be my teacher. And the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to literally pray Psalm 119, verse 12. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. I'm going to circle that so I can remember later today to pray that prayer. Lord, teach me thy statutes. I'm going to make a note. Because I need my eyes to be open because I want this power, this living power of God's Word to be in my life. Therefore, I'm going to pray 119 verse 18. Open thou mine eyes. Wait, is that 1918? It is 119.18. Uh, open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. I mean, circle it, underline it, do something there. Um... Amen. How about this? You're struggling with the desire for the Word of God. How about praying? Verse 36. I mean, write it down. Incline mine heart, Lord, unto thy testimonies, and not to covetousness. I mean, on the whole thing about being enlightened. Lord, give me understanding. Give me understanding. So I'm just trying to encourage you. It's really, it's basically the next point about pondering the Word of God. But literally, write this stuff down and pray. Pray specifically, God, open mine eyes. Lord, give me that desire. God, give me understanding. 
It'll change your life. Amen? All right, uh, before I go into the next part of the way, the pondering, we pray if we're going to assimilate the, the vitality of God's Word into our lives. The second way is to ponder, but is there any, uh, anything before we move on from there? Yeah, Jen. Yeah. Amen. 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 So that's kind of, that's, and that's very, very wise. That's something that I am terrible at. It would be a good thing to do. It's almost like a prayer journaling type thing when you're praying these specific prayers and then you can, one good thing about praying specific is especially if you have it written down is then you come back and be like, wow, God answered that prayer. Um, anybody seen God do, has God ever used his word in your life to make a difference? I mean, have you ever seen God's word, the, the life-giving power? It's, it's awesome. It really is. Uh, yeah, so pray, pray those things specifically. That's a, a, a great thing there, Jim. Pray. Um, all right, no, the number two is to ponder. Number two is to ponder. Pray. So to, the way we're going to get life's, God's, uh, this, this living word that will change your life to make a difference in our lives to assimilate its virtue is to pray. Number two is to ponder. Look at verse 15 of Psalm 119. Matter of fact, could somebody read that for me? I don't have that written down. Uh, Psalm 119, verse 15. Amen. I will meditate in thy precepts. Now, what are those first two words? I will. I will. I will meditate in thy precepts. Ponder the word of God. Would somebody else, again, I didn't put these, I got the, I didn't get the written down, but Psalm 147 and Psalm, I'm sorry, 119 verses 147 through I don't think so. Yeah, 119, 147 through 148. Sorry, it's a lot of numbers. I, I'm confusing myself just saying them. Start at 147, read through 148. Amen. So, okay, so ponder. That's cool. So we t- one verse said, I will meditate in thy precepts. The verses that Nellie just read, 147 through 148. You know what he's saying right there? If I need to get up a little earlier, I'm going to get up a little earlier. If I need to stay up a little later, I'm going to stay up a little later. Uh, Psalm 63, verse 1, the Bible says, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, 
My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. <coughs> um, you ever timed on how long it takes to read a couple, two, three chapters of the Bible? It's fairly short. Uh, it doesn't take very long at all. Even for a person like me, it doesn't take very long. It's just amazing. Has anybody ever tried to use that excuse that they don't have time to read the Bible? I mean, if you got time to fix and brew some coffee, you got time to read the Bible, honestly. Uh, and you think about it, if you're a, if you're a television watcher, even a book reader, uh, I mean, think about the time that you could just designate to read the Word of God. In other words, ponder the Word of God, make a point to meditate on it, make a point if you need to, to get into it if it's early in the morning, if it's later at night. Uh, Proverbs 8.17, Proverbs 8.17 says, I love them that love me. This is talking about wisdom. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Those that seek me early shall find me. Uh, Isaiah 26, verse 9, the Bible says, With my soul have I desired thee in the night. Because see, some of y'all are, y'all hear about that morning stuff, and it just gets you grumpy. Uh, but you ought to appreciate Isaiah, because he says, With my soul have I desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit uh, within me will I seek thee early. Well, there it's early. Uh, for when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. I, uh, I, I knew a, a lady years ago to where she was, uh, maybe like some of you, she was kind of a night owl and would sleep in in the morning, which uh, just is a whole different, I don't get that, you know. But, uh, but anyway, that's what she was. But she would say, man, how much earlier can you get than 12, 31 o'clock at night? In other words, she was a night owl. She would read and study her Bible and pray before she went to bed at night. Amen. So she said, man, I'm doing it earlier than any of you fools. You get up at six, five or six or whatever time it is, but I'm, I'm up at uh, you know, midnight. I'm up at 1230 just because she ain't going to bed. But anyway, but the, the main thing is ponder. And I said this uh, already. This is the point I was making earlier. Ponder. When you ponder the Word of God, I'm trying to think of, of an example of, of if you can imagine something, maybe something that you really, really have a lot of interest in right now. Something you really, really have a lot of interest in right now. Whatever it may be. And if you imagine the opportunity to, you know, just, just imagine some business seminar or something to where uh, somebody that's in the line of work, you're thinking of getting, getting in an entrepreneur thing. And, uh, and, and this isn't just a seminar, man. You have arranged a sit-down, a lunch with this most successful person in whatever it is that you're pursuing or interested in. Um, you think you might want to make a note or two about what they say so you can remember it? Well, what about when we get into the Word of God? Shouldn't we be ready to write something down? Shouldn't we be ready to put something in our notes when we open up the Bible? I mean... I'm asking God, God, I need you to give me something. You know, it's almost like the, uh, uh, the, the, the folks years ago out in the country, they were having, uh, having a terrible, terrible drought. Uh, the church uh, called for a prayer meeting. I mean, listen, it was farm country and they needed rain. I mean, the entire, you know, the entire area depended on this. And so, uh, so the church, the pastor called for a prayer meeting and said, we're going to get together, uh, let's get together and let's pray to God for rain. There was one or two people that showed up carrying umbrellas. 
The rest of the people the pastor sent home. <laughs> did, y'all, did y'all come to pray or not? What are we doing here? Uh, and, uh, and, and I'm not saying, but do you, you see what I'm trying to get at? Oh, God, give me something out of your word. Okay, are you, you ready to receive it or what? Are you, you think I'm actually going to give you something? Now, I'm glad this is the adult Sunday school class, so you can, you can at least find the humor in this next statement. Oh, I'll remember it. For how long? <laughs> For how long exactly do you plan to remember this? See, we need to learn to ponder with the pen. I, uh, see, because the weakest ink is better than the best memory. The weakest ink is better than the best memory. Man, I learned so much good stuff, man, that I determined to write down. I mean, I, it, it just breaks my heart, honestly. The things that I have heard that have blown my mind. Maybe I'm listening to a message. Maybe I'm reading the Bible. But I'm in a place to where I don't take the time to write it down. Sometimes I may be driving. It would be worth pulling over, I believe, even to write stuff down. But I don't think, oh, as soon as I get to, uh, you know, my destination, I'll remember to get my notes out and write that. Man, I'm telling you. It is long gone. And here I am seriously on a Sunday. I can't tell you some of the things that that I've seen this week, but I remember that they were really awesome. I just don't remember what they were because I didn't write them down. And it frustrates the devil out of me. Uh, but But by God's grace, I try to, I mean, I got a whole little section on my phone just full of thoughts and notes and so forth. But it ought to be probably three, four times bigger at least than what it is. Um... Okay, I'm, I'm going to close my portion out this morning with, um, with uh, man, is this all there is? Anyway, uh, oh, there it is. Uh, this is uh, six things that uh, Dr. Adrian Rogers said to do when you read and study your Bible. Six things that everybody ought to do. Uh, <laughs> I would encourage you to write them down. Um, to that point, or to listen closely. But here's the thing. When you are reading the Bible, a couple of questions to ask yourself. Six of them, actually. Number one, is there a promise to claim? Is there something in what you're reading to where you need to say, you know what, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's something I'm going to claim and apply to my life. Is there a promise to claim? Is there a promise to claim? Number two, is there a lesson to learn? I'm reading about Solomon right now, you know, or I've, I've been reading about David. And is there something I can learn about? Uh, is there a lesson I can learn from what I'm reading right now? Is there a lesson that I can learn? Is there a blessing to enjoy? You know, I mean, I, again, reading uh, about Solomon right now and, and the dedication of the temple this morning. I mean, I can think, you know, man, what, what's a blessing there? What's a blessing that can be enjoyed? Is there a command to be obeyed? So number one, is there a promise to claim? Number two, is there a lesson to learn? Number three, is there a blessing to enjoy? Number four, is there a command to obey? Number five, is there a sin to avoid? Is there a sin to avoid? You know, we're reading about Solomon right now. We're reading about him dedicating the temple. We're reading about his heyday. But there were some pretty bad seeds already planted and things going on in Solomon's life, even at this victorious time in his life. The more we study the Word of God, Ralph brought it up while in our reading, one of the very first things we learn about Solomon is that he went down and took a wife of, uh, of the king of Egypt. 
He went and took a wife, and we know there was a lot of issues with all of his wives and concubines and so forth. He had a few. Uh, you know, somebody said the worst thing about the 700 wives is that he, meant he had 700 mother-in-laws. And, but, you know, I, I don't understand that because I had a good mother-in-law. But, uh, yeah, he did have 700 wives, though, and he did have 300 concubines. Uh, by the way, I can't hardly say concubine without... Uh, thinking about, I, I tell you about it, I've told you about it before, but I'm going to tell you again for those that hadn't heard it. Uh, J.R., there was a lady in our church when I was in Pierre, uh, Denise Lance, I've talked to you, to you about her more than once. Uh, she was just a character, man. She was awesome. She's the one I told you about claiming promises. She would write her initials beside the promises in the Bible. Yep, that's mine. Taking that one, claiming that one. She was awesome. knew the Word of God like crazy. One thing about Miss Denise, though, I still hear from her from time to time, but... Uh, she, uh, man, listen, you didn't have to wonder what she was thinking, good or bad. If she thought I misspoke during this Sunday school lesson, I'm not getting back to that fellowship area without her letting me know about it. That's not going to happen. Uh, she might even raise her hand and interrupt me right in the middle of it. You just never know. Uh, Miss Denise, uh, she was something else. So, just to give you an idea, and then, uh, so she had, a, she had a son that wasn't saved, and, and he, was, uh, he was living in sin, he was shacked up. You know, people used called sin different names these days, but uh, it was two people living together that weren't married, which the Bible calls fornication. It's a sin against Almighty God and against His institution of marriage. Um, so these two people are living together, it's, it's her son and his girlfriend. But she, when she would introduce them, she would say, oh yeah, so here's my son, you know, Rob, and his, um, his concubine, Sarah. And, <laughs> I mean, man, she was something else. Uh, but anyway, he had 700 concubines, amen? Uh, he had 700, or 300, 300 concubines, 300 live-ins. Uh, is there a sin to avoid in Solomon's life? You've got to pay attention, but it happens real early in his life. It's compromise. It's compromise. It's, 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 it's letting things into your life. Yeah, I'm still trying to serve God. I'm building a temple for God. I want to do great things for God. But at the same time, I'm letting sin into my life uh, and justifying it. Um, We've got to watch for that. Is there a sin to avoid? Then number six, and lastly, is there a new thought to carry with me? Is there a new thought to carry with me? In other words, something I need to walk away from here meditating on. Is there something to where, wow, I've never thought about that before. I've never, have you ever been reading the Bible? This is a cool thing for me. I've been in the Bible for a while. And every once in a while, I'll be reading or maybe even just listening. And I'll be like, what? No, what, what was that? I don't know that verse. I don't, I don't, I don't recognize that phrase. And I'll think, did some other version or something get in here on my Bible app or what happened? But I'll go look and be like, no, sure enough. Well, that's in there. What, what is that? A phrase ever just catch you just right? Something like, wait, well, that's interesting. Anyway, a new thought to carry with me. Okay, I'm going to go through those one more time. Okay. Six things to do when studying and reading your Bible. Six questions to ask. Number one, as we ponder, is there a promise to claim? Is there a lesson to learn? Is there a blessing to enjoy? Is there a command to obey? Is there a sin to avoid? Is there a new thought to carry with me? Now please, don't you already be being like, not too sure about that uh, grammar, don't you be like the people that went, come to my friend and said, wow, how did, how did you lose the weight? How did you get in such good shape? 
And by the time you get to question number six, you're like, never mind. How did you get a successful marriage? How, do, how are you living a successful Christian life? Well, I started and blah, blah. And people say, oh, wow, no. I just kind of wanted to check a box, man. I just kind of wanted to go hear the preacher preach a couple times and maybe listen to a message and so forth. I, you mean I've actually got to do some work here? Absolutely. Um, ask these questions. Amen. So I'll, I'll, give, I'll give these to you just again quickly. How do we assimilate the vitality, the life-giving power of God's Word into our lives? Number one, what is it? Anybody remember number one? Amen. A promise to claim. That's right. So uh, I was confusing there. Um, I'm, talk- I- I'm backing up. All the way to pray. I'm going all the way back to pray. The way we assimilate God's Word in our lives is we pray, then we ponder it. One of the ways we ponder it is by going through those six questions. But we ponder it. We think on it. We get up early. We stay up late if we have to. Uh, and th- these next two we'll have to cover next time. But number... Four, the way we assimilate God's Word into our lives is that we preserve the Word of God. Psalm 119, verse number 11. Please mark it down, maybe just get ahead. Uh, Psalm 119, verse 11. We preserve the Word of God. Psalm 119, verse 11. And then uh, we also uh, practice the Word of God. We practice the Word of God. Again, that kind of goes back to the cookbook thing or or the diet thing. We practice the Word of God. That's verses 1 through 4. Uh, I think fifthly it is that we proclaim. We proclaim the Word of God. We proclaim it. Psalm 119 verse 46. Uh, So the way we assemble it into our lives is that we pray, we ponder, we preserve, we practice, and we proclaim. Amen? All righty. Thanks for your time. Is uh, anything we need to... Say you're done. Any clarification? If Denise was here, she'd fix me if I was wrong. Anybody need to fix me? Amen. All right. Okay. Nellie's going to fix me. Okay. Yes.